welcome to So Many Bits. I'm your host, Bill Nielsen, and joining me from my palatial one-bedroom apartment in Chicago is Melissa Patterson. What's up, guys? Melissa, how are you? <laughs> I am doing good. Uh, how are you, Bill? I'm doing great. Oh, good. It's not a contest, but I just thought I'd win it. Um, I, I see you got a haircut. It looks amazing. It's about the only look I can pull off with uh, the hair available to me. But I don't believe it, Bill. You don't? Not for a second. <laughs> I think you can have a cool swoop. Ooh. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know hair. I, I rarely know hair, so you got a lovely hair. So. Thank you. Thank you. Know. I'm wearing a hat now. You cannot see that, but even under a hat, Bill knows. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> As a quick reminder, So Many Bits is brought to you in part by the Second Wind Collective. For more quality podcasts like this one, please visit secondwindcollective.com for details. Now, Melissa, what have you been playing? Oh, man, what a good question. I have been playing, uh, I've been getting into these, like, puzzle games uh, pretty hard, um, and, like, indie games. I recently uh, just finished Limbo, um, which, I don't know if you've played it, it is frustratingly hard but frustratingly awesome all at once uh there's no uh there's no have you played it or have you heard of it yeah i've played like a demo of it okay and so i know generally like you know you're walking through this dark nightmare world it is creepy af yeah um yeah so yeah you're walking it's dark it's pretty much I, i like all black and white um the like music and the graphics on it are awesome and pretty. Uh, they're pretty unique. I don't think I've seen a, a game like it, but I could be wrong. It's disgusting. You're you play this little boy who is in limbo. I'm guessing from the name. They never actually. There's no dialogue throughout the whole entire game. There's just like music and and sound and but strong contextual hints. There, yeah. like the title. <laughs> like li- yeah, it's called Limbo. I'm pretty sure that kid's in Limbo, um, and he's looking for his uh, his sister or a little girl. Um, and it is it is so it is a beautiful game. Um, like I said, disgusting and frustratingly hard. Some of the puzzles took me. Um, like, I read reviews for it, and you're like, oh, it's like a nice three-hour game. And some of the puzzles took me, like, three hours to solve, which I like. I like a good challenge in a game. Like, I like to, uh, like, try my best to solve a puzzle, but at some point, it's just like, this is too hard. I don't understand what you want me to do, and it gets really frustrating. Um, so there's a lot of, like, love and hate in that game. Um, but theoretically, if you can solve the puzzles quickly, it's not a, a long game. Um, super fun, though. I would definitely recommend it. I feel like, yeah, that's one of the growing number of, like, indie classics that have come out since the, since, like, the era of the Xbox 360, since there were, like, digital downloads really took off, like mm-hmm. Limbo and Braid and... Um, oh, Braid's a good one. Yeah. Oh, jeez. Yeah, I like just the whole indie game concepts. I, I feel like you don't have to play a whole game with these weird, not weird formats, but interesting and creative formats that people have made. Um, but yeah, like Brave with their time elements and, and movement was really cool. Just I, the way like indie gamers or these indie games like visualize like gameplay itself and graphics or 
awesome. Especially, well, like the popular ones. I'm sure there's lots of, <laughs> I'm sure there's lots of crappy ones. Well, there are definitely, yeah, like many, many clones and like you see some survivor bias because like the best ones rise to the top for the most part. Yeah. And it's like, wow, indie games are awesome. And they are. It's just like they're not all incredible games like Limbo is. That's true. Yeah. And Lim- I think Limbo's a few years old too. Like I yeah. definitely went through like a list of indie games um, and I was like, which ones are the best ones the highest rated um, that are older? Uh, and I'm also playing Fez. Another classic, yeah. Another classic indie game. I think, yeah, there's this Netflix documentary um, about like just like the development life cycle of these like indie gamers and this it seems like it's normally just one or two guys coding out a three hour game which is nuts the fez guy fez was definitely one of the games in the documentary and that guy had a lot of emotional issues i think there was like a lot of legal litigation around like the release of that game even still like super fun game i've been having a good time uh you play like this little uh, what what is he? He's wearing a little fez. He's like yeah. a little pixelated two-dimensional block man. He's just like a like a white blob or something. Yeah. Um, yeah, and he's got... Yeah, that's, you can tell it's him because you're him and you have the fez. <laughs> um, but uh, you can manipulate the your perspective on the environment um, just using the controls. Uh, and it opens up different paths. Like, you might not be able to get to a certain area... Um, one way, uh, but then you manipulate the environment and you can go that way. Um, yeah, yeah, like, like, yeah, you rotate the camera around the, the object and, like, you'll see, yeah, gaps yeah. or stuff that you couldn't see from different perspectives, but your character isn't, like, he's not moving. So, mm-hmm. like, he can jump in spots now that weren't there before, basically. Yeah, I think, like, what, it's like a two-dimensional guy in a three-dimensional world is that's is kind of yeah, like the yeah. setup for it um yeah it's i haven't finished it i um it's frustratingly it's it's more frustrating than limbo somehow um although like i guess any good game is going to be frustrating at points you've got to rage quit <laughs> yes yeah otherwise it's not it's not worth doing but um yeah uh what? There's something cool I wanted to say about it. Oh, this is not cool, actually. <laughs> okay. There's something right, I well. wanted to say. Everything I say is cool, so I just wanted to... Um, balance it out a little bit. Yeah, balance it out. Um, the, there's like a super map in it that's very confusing um, to navigate from world to world or to see how many... Uh, basically, you're going around... <laughs> There's like a, a super 3D cube that explodes in the beginning and you have to collect all of these like little cube bits in order not for the universe to collapse. The universe that the Fez character lives in to collapse. So you're going around um, uh, through doors, through different portals and they have like a master map and it is like the most disgusting, I don't know who designed it, but it is not user-friendly. Yeah, it's like a brainstorming thing, but they were just like, this is fine. Let's make this our, like, universe <laughs> map. And it is so confusing. Like, even I'm, I have found, um, like, 60 or, se- like, between 60 and 70% of, like, the little cube bits. So I'm, like, home, st- not really home stretch, but I'm on the, the upper half. I've played this game for a while, and I still 
don't understand the master map. That's too bad. That that's kind of rough actually to hear that. Yeah. Um I like I've been having a good time, but I think I'm reaching a point in the game where I'm like it's might not be worth it to actually finish this if it's going to take me like 60 hours. It, I god, I hope it won't take me 60 I, hours. Yeah, I don't, I don't think it's that kind of game. <laughs> I don't think um, I did tell you it took me a long time to solve the limbo puzzles. <laughs> after after I solved a few, I YouTube them to see like how long it took other gamers. You know, like I want to compare myself to like the field of, oh, yeah, of, course. of teenage boys and uh thirty year old women. <laughs> um and it seemed like it takes it took a lot of people a long time to solve. So you've played fest. Yeah, yeah. I played okay. through I got uh, the thirty two Thingamadoos, whatever they're called. Uh, bits? Cube bits? Yeah, I filled they're them all like, up. Because well, they're like little. There are four of them make like, one big thing, and then there's 32 of the big things. Which was, uh, like, also an annoying... <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I didn't design the game. Sometimes I'm just like, what? what? Why do you need to do four makes one? Why don't you just have... Yeah, just make 128 of the thing. <laughs> yeah. That's what you want to do. I think you're talking about the appropriately titled Indie Game the Movie. Yes, that's what it is. Yeah. Yeah, that, uh, you can see that on Netflix, I'm guessing, but like, I saw it on Steam. You can like download it for free on Ooh, Steam, which is kind of weird. free on Steam? Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, I think in that they do Super Meat Boy. Yeah, those were the two I remember, Super T- Meat Boy and Fez. And I think they like briefly interviewed the Braid guy, but Braid had already like been a breakout hit when they were making it. It seemed like Fez and Super Meat Boy, like Super Meat Boy was launching and Fez was a hot mess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we might have seen him at a very bad time in the life cycle of the game. Well, I know that like uh, with after that, I think his name is Phil Fish. Is his name? That is a cool name, and I take back every bad thing I said about him. <laughs> like he was working on a Fez too, and then he just stopped. And I don't oh. remember all the details anymore because it was a while ago. But yeah, there is no Fez too. But yeah, um, both games super like just limbo. I think that's available pretty much everywhere right now. Like Steam. Oh yeah. I played it on PS4, um, which is my console of choice. Fez is I'm sure everywhere too. Um, they're both pretty old, so play them if you haven't yet. They're great. What games have you been playing, Bill? So I've been playing a lot of Near Automata lately. I actually I, I finished the game uh, actually uh, a few nights ago. Okay, what is Near Automata? It is a game about androids that were built by humans who live on the moon to fight machines built by aliens who live on Earth. Picked it up right when it came out, and I didn't play it for like months and then finally after I finished Persona 5 I was like alright time to get into Nier and I talked about it last episode and now I've had a chance to finish it and I really really enjoyed the game okay what what about it there's uh, quite a few things actually uh, so the main thing the first thing is that there's a bunch of different gameplay styles mixed into Nier Automata so you've got uh, your standard like hack and slash thing where you're a lady named 2B uh, she's a lady android Awesome. And she runs around the world and she cuts up machines. And so there's like that Devil May Cry, Bayonetta, God of War style action going on. But then there's also this kind of like top-down shooter element or even like side-scrolling shooter depending on where the camera is positioned. Uh, You have a little dude that follows you around and he's like a robot and he can shoot his gun. 
So sometimes it's like it'll, the camera will shift to above you and you have to run around and like take out all the dudes with your little gun guy because like, you, you don't know where you can live with the sword. You can still sword if you want, but it wouldn't be that useful. Yeah, this already like sounds so awesome. And then <laughs> sometimes you jump into a, a, like an aircraft and you go up into the sky and you do like a scrolling vertical shooter. Okay. Like, you know, old, old school like shoot em ups and stuff like that. Okay, uh, before you continue, where where is this available? It is available for the PS4 and for the PC. Okay. I have my copy here if you want to borrow it after this. It sounds awesome. Um, uh, uh, so you've already talked about like pl- the gameplay, I'm sure. What like Do you want to talk about the ending? Or... No. No. <laughs> no, I don't want to talk about the ending because I, with the, the ending, I think there is so much gained by getting there by playing that it doesn't really have its full impact if you haven't played up to that point. Okay. And there are a lot of different reveals and uh, twists along the way that change like how you think about the characters and how you think about the world of Nier. But I'll, I'll try and talk about it in general terms. And I'll talk, I'll talk us up through the, the A ending of the game because that's like the first third of the game. And I think there's still plenty to examine after that. Okay. So, like, as I said, like, I'm not exaggerating. You are an android built by humans who live on the moon, fighting machines built by aliens who live on Earth. That is the, that is the premise of the game when you start. Already, <laughs> I mean, already, I'm sold on this game. <laughs> and, and, you know, the, the first act is a little bit of just, like, setting the table for everything else that follows. It's kind of a more standard action game at that point. You have 2B, she's cold and emotionless. You have 9S, her sidekick, who's bright and chipper and cheery and wants to be friends with 2B, but 2B is cold and emotionless, and so she doesn't want to have friends. And as you go through this uh, part of the game, you eventually start seeing that things aren't quite right. There are things about the world that don't add up. You are getting all these messages to go fight the aliens, but you never see the aliens. And as part of... So again, just to be clear, if you're listening, we're going to spoil like up through the first third of the game, I would say. So one of the... One of the turn it off! <laughs> no, turn don't it off! Don't, don't! Just skip Keep ahead. listening! Just fast forward. Skip ahead to the end! Skip, do one of those three things. Please. Plug your ears. Rate us five stars. Do one of those four things on iTunes. Rate five... Yeah, five stars. So one of the, the early reveals is that you there's a big explosion that was caused by a load-bearing boss... And you end up in this cave, and in the cave you find all the aliens that were underground, that were run- running things, are dead. The machines Ooh. have rebelled and killed all the aliens. So just the machines now that, oh are, that are fighting you. Okay. And it's like, the machines are, you know, they're still trying to win the war, but now they've got Adam and Eve, and they're the bad people, and they look very human. They actually, they show them, and they look like uh, Ken dolls. They don't have any junk. No, they have no junk. <laughs> Gross. And, and they're, they're trying to learn now how, what it be, means to be human. They want, their goal now is to become more like humans. And you're still opposing them. And, and as you're out in the world, you're meeting also machines who don't want to fight. You meet uh, this guy, Pascal. Or you meet a machine. The gender is not assigned. A name's Pascal, who is non- nonviolent and leads a pacifist village. And it challenges your character's viewpoint of like, okay, are the machines not bad or not good? Do they just want to live and let live? You even go into this like amusement park and like 
the machines don't really know what it means to like have an amusement park. They're just like, this is fun, even though in theory they don't know what having fun actually is. Yeah. Did did they ever get into like um like the machine? I don't. Know. I it sounds like these machines have like some humanity, like the little buddy guy. Uh, I'm sorry. What'd you say? There's B S and then. <laughs> Your character is 2B, and your friend is 9S. Sorry. No. Okay. <laughs> that was close. Yeah. Uh, in, 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 the, in the parody version, it'll be BS is the name. BS and 2-9. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, they, like, they, they, uh, they're, they, they're trying to emulate human behavior in a sense, or they, like, have feelings. Does the game delve into that, or... The game really gets into that, and that and that leads into the other thing I really like about this game is the existential moments for these different characters, good and bad, because in different ways they're all trying to be human. All the machines are actively pursuing the goal of being human and trying to emulate humanity, while the androids' goal they're programmed to protect humanity, but with their you know they have fears and hopes and dreams and all that stuff like. Every, all the androids act differently and have, exhibit different behaviors and like they like each other, they hate each other. And so they, in a way, are acting very human. But they're, they're not. They were built to protect humans. This so, game sounds awesome. <laughs> I, I really enjoyed it. And I will say that uh, kind of the downer is sometimes the action can get a bit repetitive for a while. Uh, there, there's an open world in the game and you have to, most of the time, you have to run through it. It's not a huge open world, and you can run pretty fast, so it's not a huge deal breaker. And right. then eventually they do unlock fast travel for you. Okay. But that is annoying like when games don't immediately have that. I don't like spending a lot of time going from one like mission to another. I, I agree, yeah. It, it felt... There is some cool stuff in the open world, but a lot of it's padding. A lot of it is padding, and there is just some padding in the combat, too. Like, I will spoil a small element of later in the game, in vague terms. Basically, you go to a dungeon near the end of the game, and it's like, sorry, you can't go in here until you go into these other three dungeons and finish them first. Like, that is just the textbook padding. Yeah. Like, you, you don't need to do this. You're just <laughs> elongating the game for really no reason. That's, yeah. And you know what? I You did say there's, like, elements of, like, hand-to-hand combat with the sword, I guess, those games, uh, gosh, the God of War series, it's like cool and animated, beautifully, good story, but sometimes I just, like, I get it, I don't need to mash X a bunch of times um, to feel like I'm doing something in a game. Right. Um, right. They, they have a bunch of, like, advanced combos and stuff in the game. Oh, that's good. That you can do, like, there are a bunch of different weapons you can equip and different attacks that go with them, but... A lot of the time, yeah, you can just kind of mash your way through it. Or you can just kind of, like, hang back and the little robot buddy, you can just fire his bullets and take out the enemies that way. That's, yeah, that sounds fun. It, so you said it's an open world. Is it like a, Was it a long game? Did it take you a long time to finish it? or To, to see the whole story, it took me about 35 hours. Oh, it's not terrible. It's not the worst. It, it would take you longer if you want. There are, there are actually 26 endings in the game. There are, there are five main endings and 21, like, optional endings. And the optional endings are, like, like little jokes and goofs and stuff. Oh, okay. So it's a game that you might play through a couple times just to see the different endings. Yeah. 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 Would you have to 
play through the whole game again to get a different ending. I guess you could just go from a save point. I don't know who I'm, what I'm talking about. You can you can do it from a save point, though they do actually limit you to three saves, which I think is a deliberate design decision on their part to like make yeah. it, make it harder on you. And and then you wait do, three saves throughout the whole game. Um, what I mean, I'm sorry, three save slots. Okay. So you can't just like make saves one through eighty to like go through the whole game. When you do finish the game, you do get a chapter select. I'll, I'll say that. Okay. So you, you do have the option to like go back and pick certain parts to see certain things. Yeah. What's up with that three save slot model? I'm actually playing right now uh, the Walking Dead um, uh, episodic thing, and oh, cool. I have three save slots on that too. Huh. What's up with that? <laughs> I uh, I guess it's a thing where like. For example, I remember in Skyrim on the uh, Xbox 360, like the saves would be massive. It'd be like a hundred megs a save to keep mm. track of all the data. So that maybe they're worried that like people will go crazy and create too many saves if they don't limit it artificially. If the you can't account for someone having a smaller or bigger hard drive. That's a good point. Yeah, yeah, and maybe it like harkens back to a, a simpler time of. Like, uh, Nintendo days. I don't know if you had, uh, a Super Nintendo with Mario, Super Mario World. You only got three slots there. That's true. Yeah. That's the standard. Gold standard. Super Mario World. (laughs) (laughs) It could be, yeah, just, it could be they do that that way because that's the way they did it. That's more (laughs) or less all I wanted to say about Nier Automata. I I, I recommend it highly. I think it's a really cool game. I'm glad I saw it all the way through. Yeah, just uh, check it out on PS4 and Steam. And maybe at some point in the future, if I can find someone else who's played it, I will do a more in-depth discussion of the whole story. Yeah, or yeah, it's also available at Bill's house, uh, his one-bedroom apartment. Yes. It's palatial. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) So come there, too. (laughs) Yes, please break into my apartment and take my game. It's... It's an easy break-in if I scaled it correctly. Yeah, I mean, you, you case the joint, you see, like, it's just a, a few, you sling the rope up onto the roof, you climb up a few stories, and then... Easy. It, yeah. If you've got a grappling hook, Batman, talking to you specifically, <laughs> come on down, <laughs> play some... Play yeah. Play some near with Bill. <laughs> if that's all you wanted to do after you broke in, I would consider myself lucky. That would be the coolest, actually, like, if Batman broke into your apartment and, uh, and it was like, I just want to play video games with you. It's hard to find <laughs> hard drive space on the back computer, and Alfred won't let me if he's watching. He thinks he's like, you should fight for the city, Bruce. <laughs> okay, anyway. Fuck you, Batman. All right, Batman, get out of here. Yeah. yeah, yeah, don't come around this part no more. <laughs> I think that's all I had to say about that game. After Persona 5 took like 90 hours and this game took 35. Now I'm looking for maybe something a little shorter. Like I got some stuff to work through on my backlog and I I guess there's nothing really coming out right now, which is sort of good. I have so, a friend that's, uh, who just like downloaded Shovel Knight and he said two thumbs up. So I don't know if you've heard of that game. It's where you're a Shovel Knight. Shovel Knight is rad. Oh, you've already played it. <laughs> it was episode number two of So Many Bits. Oh, we, we, 
I, I'm not trying to, uh, that's not probably really patronizing. I just mean like it was a long time ago. It's more, more. It's an old school classic. I like to, I like to play old games. Um, that's a good part about like, uh, taking forever to solve limbo puzzles is games pile up while you're taking forever to finish playing them. They actually, there is a, like an, a spiritual successor to limbo. I don't know if it's like a sequel exactly called inside. Oh, I haven't heard of that. Yeah, so check Inside Out. I don't think it's out for PlayStation yet, which may be why I can happened. Steam it. I'm I'm cool with Steam. I know that I don't mention it a lot, but I do play some Steam games. Well, good. I'm glad. And so, uh, Melissa, before we move on, we have begun a new segment here on So Many Bits. Ooh. It's called Bill's Magic Minute. Uh, <laughs> I really enjoy playing Magic the Gathering, and I don't always have the opportunity to talk about it. And I kind of just want to talk about it without, like, you know, uh, explaining too much. I just want to go. So, All right. I want to hear about magic. So I'm giving myself one minute <laughs> to talk about Magic the Gathering however I want, how much I want. I am in control. You are in control. You are the timer. Just let me know when you say uh, go. I'll start going. And it's up to you to call time when we hit that minute. All right? Okay. All right, Bill. All right. You have one minute starting now. I went to the Hour of Devastation pre-release last weekend. I unfortunately went uh, two and two there. I had this really, really strong red-green deck. I had both. I had the two Amonkhet packs, but I opened the Red God and the the Green God in foil in each pack. And then I also opened the red-green Planeswalker Summit from Hour of Devastation. So I thought I had a really strong deck. Unfortunately, in round one. I just uh, I, I couldn't quite bring it home after what I, I thought was an unbeatable drawing in Game 3 where I had a 1-drop, a 2-drop, and a 3-drop, but he had the 3-mana the 2-2 two, two that puts a minus 1-minus minus 1 counter on a thing, then he put cart- the black cartouche on it, and I, I, that kept him afloat and let him ride out my early aggression. And then in Round 4, I ended up uh, keeping it. I lost Game 1, and then in Game 2, I kept a 2-lander on the play and, and didn't end up drawing a, a third land until it was way too late. Uh, I think it's a cool site. I'm looking forward to seeing where it goes. Done. Dude, that was insanely cool. (laughs) I gotta wait a whole other week until I can do another Magic Minute. Do you hear how much magic is built up inside this man? I'm magical. I, uh, like, if I were to be a magic player, I would come to, I would for sure come to you and say, teach me your ways. And I feel like I do know, you are the only source of magic knowledge I have, <laughs> and I feel like I know enough, like, to play somebody that just started <laughs> and do okay. I think you would do fine. I, I think yeah. most people would do fine. It's just like such a niche thing that not a lot of people end up touching it. Yeah, yeah, no, magic is, magic is cool. Um, everyone's, everyone's got their thing. Also, like... There's magic stores all over the... Well, there's a magic store near my house, so I assume there's <laughs> magic stores all over the place in uh, in the city of Chicago. There are quite a few, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so it's like a, it's a big thing. I, I go to Dice Dojo when I'm playing in person. Oh, I'm a Dice Dojo fan, too. I'm actually, like, I can't make fun of you because I am a Dungeons & Dragons player, like, hard now. I'm a level 5 bard. Um, and I'm playing a campaign with this group of, with this group, this fine group of gentlemen. Uh-huh. Oof. Wow. 
it's a nerd gathering and it's a lot of white dudes and one lady. That's I well, that, that's that's how you do it. <laughs> <laughs> um, D and D is insanely fun. I don't like. Maybe we could have another uh, talk about it another time. But like, holy crap, Please, I love yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. It's so it's such a good time. Um, there's so much element. There's so many things you can create in it amongst your group, and then. You have like the set of rules that you have to follow. It's it's beautiful, and I have a sick dungeon master. His yeah. name is Lucas. Props to Lucas. Props to Lucas on Lucas. so many bits. <laughs> you got props, Lucas. You just got your own D and D minute for courtesy of Melissa. So D and D minute. Yep. <laughs> and with that, let's move it on to the choose your fighter segment. So for this segment, Melissa and I will go back and forth with one article, news event, or upcoming game until one of us is left standing. Uh, I'm going to keep the momentum rolling. I'm going to go first here. Haven't had a chance yet to talk about the SNES Classic. I'm so excited about this. <laughs> it's great. I am really hyped for this one. Um, I want one so bad, but I, I didn't even try and get into the NES, the Pocket NES. What are they called? Pocket NES? It's like the NES Classic, NES I think. Whatever. Yeah, I, I have an NES, so I didn't need to get one, but I heard they were really hard to get. Oh yeah, yeah, super hard. You have one. I do. Do you I... want to tell your story about how you got one? So the, the story of how I got my NES Classic is actually kind of dull because Target had pre-orders for it, and there weren't supposed to be pre-orders for the NES Classic. Mm-hmm. They were, Nintendo was like, we're not doing them, and stores weren't supposed to be offering them, but Target had them up, and it was like for a solid 12 hours. Like, I... I they came up while I was asleep, and then I was on the way to my way to work, and they were still up. And I was like, "Oh, yeah, let's do this. Let's try and get in." And I, I got in, and then holy, it showed holy. up. <laughs> white male white privilege, um, listeners. Sorry, I can't hear you inside my bubble. <laughs> That's you, awesome, though. It was really, really lucky. Like that was the most painless NES classic I think anyone got, except if you also did what I did. Yeah. Um, so, uh, do you know, like, Super Nintendo, the SNES Mini, is that going to be the same uh, deal with no creators? I know, I have a friend who's, like, trying to order some from Europe right now, um, pre-order style. Alright, well, I'm going to try and uh, bust out my knowledge of economics from my high school economics oh, class. supply and demand, let's hear it. So, the demand for the NES Classic was extremely high, and the supply was extremely low. So there have, there have been statements by Nintendo that they are going to have an increased supply of the SNES version. So there will be more supply. I, and I will say this, argue, this is arguable, but SNES is way cooler. They have like, we can get into this later, but their, yeah, game, yeah. their game lineup in it is nuts. It's so good. I am like losing my mind over it. And that's where the demand is, because I think people are just as hyped, if not more hyped, for the SNES games than the NES games. Because there is cool stuff in the NES, but I think there is also this fondness for the SNES, and there's an unreleased game as part of the library, Star Fox 2. Yes. Oh my gosh. I'm losing it. Keep going. <laughs> so for like collectors, for well, first off, for just SNES fans or casual fans, it's like awesome SNES games. For collectors, this is the first release of a never-before-seen Super Nintendo game. So the demand is probably going to be even higher for the SNES Classic than it was for the NES Classic. I know I want one. 
That's plus one. <laughs> it might also be like a generational thing or like maybe that's just like, I, I grew up, a Super Nintendo is what I had um, as a kid. I don't know. We're like around the same age. I don't yeah. know if you had the same deal. Um, but that was like my game system until like the PlayStation 1 dropped. I was not cool enough to get the um, uh, N64. Ah, no, you were cool. You had a PlayStation. I had a PlayStation 1, guys. So That's pretty rad. I'm pretty... Uh, I'm not trying to throw my weight around as a gamer. <laughs> <laughs> but I did own a PlayStation 1. My first game on it was NBA Fast Break 98. Hey yo! That's a good game. I would recommend it. Who was your uh, star player? Who did you like the most? I would always play as the New York Knicks. I remember, and I was Patrick. Patrick Ewing was my favorite dude. I I wasn't too into the NBA in '98, but I was into <laughs> Fast Break '98. It's actually it was a really good game, um, basketball wise. Um, not as good as NBA Jam, but like you can't beat that game. Do you think it holds up now? I'm, you know what, I'm, I'm going to do some soul-searching. I'm going to see if I have it, and I'm going to give it a play and see if it's still fun. I'm sure it is, just for the nostalgic purposes alone. Um, but, uh, but I think you're Smith. right. Yeah, that there were two things about the SNES games. First off, that, yeah, people our age, I think we have more of a connection to the this than the Nintendo, because that came out just when we were born. And, like, we liked it. But, I mean, it, it wasn't my system. It was my old... I had an older half-brother. Have an older half-brother. That was his system. Still still, still in touch? Uh, my no, cousin, my cousin uh, though, who is a year younger than me, he has the SNES, or had it, I guess, again. Mm. Uh, pronouns, or verbs, I mean. <laughs> and that's where I saw all those games. And it's like, oh, those are so cool. Yeah. Like, Super Mario World, Link to the Past... Mario Kart, like, they've got like, everything. And then the other thing, too, is that these games are way more substantial than the NES games. It's like, yeah, the NES, I mean, it has Mario Brothers 3, Mega Man 2, Castlevania, which are great games, but they're not, like, the same length of experience. I won't comment on the quality. They're just not as long. Like, Mega Man 2 takes, like, four hours. Castlevania takes six hours. Mario Brothers 3 takes, like, ten hours. Yeah. On the... Oh, so yes, like, Link to the Past takes, like, 20, 30 hours. Super Mario World is, like, another 20, 30 hours. Final Fantasy 3 is, like, 40 hours. Yeah. It doesn't mean the game is better because it's longer, but there's more happening on the SNES. There's just more content there. I mean, and it's also just, like, from an era of, like, I, the, S, the NES was, like, one of the first, you know, gaming systems out there with, like, these long kind of narrative... Uh, not even narrative. I mean, some of them are just... And just this style of game, like, it was just more complex, like, they're both classic. Yeah, like, the, the simplest <laughs> SNES games would maybe be, like, Star Fox or Street Fighter II uh, Turbo. But, like, you compare that to the simple games on the NES, the NES games are, like, Pac-Man and Balloon Fight, which are, again, fine games. They're just, like, very uh, thin or short experiences. Yeah, you're, you're, you're kind of doing a, a repetitive... Um, I mean, it's getting harder, but it's still, like, the same kind of repetitive uh, world, in a, sen- I, in a sense. But yeah, I'm so excited about the SNES. I don't think I'm going to get one. I'm going to try my best. I have already resigned myself to the fact that I'm I'm setting a price point in my head. I'm not going to say it on the podcast, <laughs> but I've got a, a price in my head of how much I'm willing to pay for it on the secondhand market if I can't get one. I'm yeah. just like, I think this is a really cool thing. 
and I want to own it. And I actually just think this is a thing I'd like to own regardless. I, I'm, I would not hold it against scalpers necessarily if they get all the SNESs. I would be annoyed, but it's like it's, that's life. <laughs> it's life, and it's an issue of there not being enough supply, not the problem of the people who want to buy it. Yeah, that's true. Like we can't. Let's blame Nintendo for this. Yeah. For like showing us heaven and then selling it all 50, 50 line items at a time. I got so. I'm not gonna try I'm not gonna feel bad if I have to buy one through one of these people. I'm not gonna like curse them because they flipped it for a profit. It's just like that I am functioning in the society that I have been introduced to. I cannot control these other elements. So yeah. just do what I can. Um, but we can all agree we're losing it over this release. Yeah, I think it's I think it's September 29th. Okay. So like two months from now, pretty much. Two and a half months, I guess. I'm yeah. like, I'm getting hot now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Me too. Bill Sensual Podcast. <laughs> where we talk about SNES Mini. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, but yeah, if I get one, I am going to die. Hey, Melissa. Hey, Bill. Do you know what comes after a 69? <laughs> what? Mode 70. <laughs> oh. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's, it's thanks good. for that, Bill. Yeah, no problem. That was uh, my contribution. Uh, so you can uh, feel free to talk about your thing now. Uh, yeah, yeah. So um, I had recently read on the internet that um, Oculus uh, Rift, they um, have dropped their price. I know... Um, before you could buy a, an Oculus Rift unit for around like I think it was like around eight hundred bucks retail, and now I think it's four hundred, um, which is great because um, I'm so excited about like the future of VR. I think we're still kind of in a place where it's a work in progress. Um, a, sick VR cafe just opened near my house, so I like to think I'm living in the future. Um, I haven't been over that yet. I want to get over there. Uh, yeah, like, it's called, um, I don't know what it's called, but I have a friend that went, and she said it was really cool. There's just lots of, like, fruit ninja type, um, and fighting games. So I guess, like, they're all kind of we're at the beginning. We're in a, we're in a NES mode right now. We're in an NES mini kind yeah. of virtual reality world. But it's great that like it's, this technology is getting cheaper. I'm excited to eventually, hopefully, own one of these at some point. I think it's really going to change the way um, people game and people like consume media in general. I, I agree. Yeah. I, I, I mean, uh, a little bit of me wonders if this is the part. Where I get off the game train, just not not that I'm not going to stop playing video games at any time soon. That would be crazy. Mm. But like, you hear a lot about how our parents, they they kind of couldn't deal with the switch from like 2D graphics to 3D graphics. Like, just their they had in their their brains that they like understood like Mario and Space Invaders and Pac Man and stuff. But like when you do like analog controls and stuff, that that was like a bridge too far. It's not like they're they're dumb or anything. That's the farthest from what I mean. I just mean like they have these these paradigms already in place in their head, and it's like I don't really 
this is work now. I, I can't really work with this. I can understand that for sure. Um, what do you think about it? Like, it, it's, you're just like... The thing that... It's too scary. You know, I haven't played it yet, but I've watched a lot of videos of it, of Resident Evil 7 in VR. Mm. And like, even watching it is a very uncomfortable experience for me. Really? Yes. Uh, do you care to elaborate? Or? Well, just, I mean, it's a, a very, very suspenseful opening where, like, you're stuck in this uh, farmhouse and being hunted by this crazy hillbilly family. It's too real for you. It is. Oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. You want to be, se- you want to be separated. Um... Yes, I want the screen there. I want to be detached from it a little bit. It can't be that real for me. You know what? I have like tried on some um, like really crummy. Um, I have tried on like some VR headsets that's just that are have just been like literally uh, some kind of Samsung phone placed inside of an an eye headset kind of deal where you just have like a three sixty camera view, and it is kind of insane how much i guess your visual cues affect the way you feel um balance i actually studied physics in college um and uh took a lot of i took one course in particular about like how the human body works um and i wrote a dope ass paper nice about um how being a pilot is crazy hard if you're um relying on your your senses because uh, visually sometimes uh, you can't like you can't ever rely on vision because vision will adjust the way that your inner ear feels gravity this is like this is very high level I'm not getting in depth or technical but essentially um, what you see impacts like how your body feels in an environment and I'm sure we've all seen the gifs of people like um there's like I one in particular that's sticking out of my head. There's a guy in a mall and he's got a headset on and he's on a roller coaster. And at, just as he's going down the roller coaster, somebody pushes him and he falls for like he's like flailing about and falling for minute, not maybe not minutes, but like a good thirty seconds of just struggling. Stuff like with Google Earth, where there's a VR version of Google Earth where you can like go to a spot on a map. And use the Google Earth like photos and like Google put your... stop stop doing that just stop Google you could, you could take yourself to the top of a building Ugh. and then look down and that is an incredibly disorienting feeling even though it's a complete illusion and it's probably not even that like yeah. sharply rendered in some cases I totally get that that's scary and that you don't want to do it but at the same time um in my mind i'm just like oh my god i can be inside of this world um walking around and i am so excited for when um that when we get to that level where i could play like a like a really high caliber game on vr like something that i would normally enjoy playing and not like not that Fruit Ninja isn't, like, the best of games. But, yeah, I get it. But a game where I actually, there's stakes and there's characters and there's a world and there's things that I care about, you know. I was pretty tempted to get the Rift because Amazon had a deal where they were doing 400 for the headset and the touch controllers. And they were throwing in a $100 Amazon gift card. Oh. So I, I think that's expired now if you're listening to this, so sorry. 
Um, but uh, I was like, I don't maybe no, no, yeah. I can't. I I think there's I think there's like in a couple years it's gonna be good and it's gonna be a, an affordable price. Just wait it out. Or no, actually buy it buy it now and then um, complain about it and make it better. And I will, <laughs> I'll get it in a couple years. Yeah. Um, Bill is TBD. If it's a good enough price, he might. But he's still afraid of it. I am. Yeah. And maybe we'll. Maybe over time I'll get used to it. Maybe I'll get more acclimated with more experiences. There's moments in games, we've all felt it, where you're like, this is too intense. And you have to turn it off because you're scared or most of the time it's me being scared. (laughs) I would say 99% of the time it's me being scared. Like 1% I'm just like, this is too sad. How can you get more sad? And um, I'll turn it off. But... It's in, it's like an intense feeling. You get like I get real life anxiety when the character. I mean, you care about these characters, um, and the, if the world is real enough, I can't imagine how much more intense that experience would be. I'll go to that VR cafe, maybe. I'll go to the VR cafe. I'll give that a try. Alright. I've my experience right now is I played a demo of a game at PAX with the Gear VR. It was like a rhythm slash rail shooter. Yeah. And then I uh, I played with the Vive. I played Fruit Ninja. And, yeah, Fruit Ninja. And, and Job Simulator. Do you know Job Simulator? No. That one's just, uh, they put you in like a workplace and then you have to like do stuff for the job. And usually it's just like you pick up a thing and you throw it at things and just like see like what jokes come out of that. <laughs> Sounds like a good game. <laughs> it was neat. It was neat. <laughs> I'm excited to see what, see what VR's got in store for the future. I hope. It's affordable, as affordable as getting just a regular console um, and having a blast. I guess now it kind of is. The, the difference, I think, is uh, you need a, like a good PC to work with Rift. That's a good point. So, like, the, I mean, with the, it's closer, though, now. Like, if you assume, you, it's like, we'll say $800 for a respectable desktop PC, plus 400 for the Rift, compared to a PS4 is, like, to like 400 for the pro and then 400 for the psvr mm. so you're getting closer yeah the, the vr is supposed to like be a step down in terms of tech so the, the rift is more like the actual vr kind of thing it's exciting exciting times we're living in guys super exciting Woof. i'm excited and if you want to feel more sadness while you play video games <laughs> near automata sorry near automata is for you oh yeah, I like a good sad video. Like, as much as I talk about like the fun games, I'm playing, I'm playing The Walking Dead right now, and it is season one or like what? Season one. Uh, season yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. Oh my that's god, that's the best one. It's killing me. It is oh, killing god. my heart. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's so good. Um, oof. Yeah, I like it when it's sad. And with that, that brings uh, I think this episode of So Many Bits to a close, Melissa. If you want people to find you either electronically or in person, where can they find you? All right. Uh, in person, I'm normally at uh, the beach, uh, North Avenue Beach. Okay. Um, Monday through Friday. Uh, hit me up on Twitter, uh, at Hamster Mom. Ha- hamster underscore mom. All right. Find any good stoops lately? Uh, I'm always looking for a good stoop. You might find me in Andersonville chilling on a stoop. Awesome. <laughs> I was chilling on Bill's stoop earlier today. <laughs> sort of. We need we need to get you a, a better stoop location. That was kind of a sad stoop. I 
I don't need to have a happy Steve to have a happy time. Okay, I guess we just talked about that with games. That makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> uh, as for us, you can reach me by email at somebybitspodcast at gmail.com. Like us on Facebook. We're so many bits on there. Follow us on Twitter and Tumblr at so many bits. Subscribe to us on iTunes. Please rate and review or download from Spreaker, from SoundCloud, for as long as SoundCloud still exists, from YouTube. <laughs> Uh, we do games online. We stream twitch.tv slash so many bits. And last but not least, please check out the rest of the Second Wind Collective. Support independent art. The spirit of Dale compels you. Yes. Call it a group game? What the fuck? Yes.